Welcome to another UCTV.TV podcast presented by University of California Television. Thank you all so much for coming out. Um, you all have to bear with me. It's so nerve-wracking to read in front of your teachers. So... <laughs> So I've got Cecil here, and then looking out directly in front of me, I have one of my former students here, and so it's kind of continuing um, all the way through. So since Bob um, uh, started off by talking about um, Black Swan and the Pentecostalism there, I figured that I'd read some of those poems. But I also wanted to read them... um, because um, there have been these, these uh, articles that I've been reading comparing Penn State with Berkeley right now because of the things that have um, been going on. And, you know, I did my MFA at Penn State. And um, I feel like it's necessary, um, given the things that have been happening, to say I'm a survivor um, of, of rape and uh, childhood sexual abuse. Um, because of people like like Lucille Clifton, who would say i 'm a survivor, and they made it possible for me to survive, and so I wanted to put that out there, but I also think it 's necessary for us to think about um, what we 'll look at and what we choose to turn away from um, too often so i 'll start with a poem from Black Swan. This poem is called Magnificat. In the pulpit, in the swirling dust after the saints have sung, sweeping through the city, and the front pews children's in the front pews children danced, stomping towards the altar, their cadenced hoedown, holiest of double Dutch, Pentecostal. Pastor opens his mouth. How quietly Mary's speech falls past the neat square patch of hair beneath his lips. He that is mighty has done to me great things, and holy is his name. His belly pushes against the buttons of his three-piece suit's black vest, and I almost would believe in the quiet hum of come to Jesus of every saint's sweet supplication. How many times would a girl hush the hop-skipped rhythm of pulse, lie back in sacrifice, take in salvation that she can't hold? Pastor opens like gardenia blossom every Sunday, so meekly. He has come this far by faith, Girl child, I lean into this offering. Get my lesson, make flesh word. This next poem is called Eight. Eight. Smiling, he says, I know you like me, girl and tries to coax me down onto the bed. 
he slides his middle finger round the edge of my blue shorts. I don't know if I should shoot a bird at him, shoot him dead. At eight, what I know is Mama keeps bullets in the bottom dresser drawer of this same room, but I have never seen the gun. He smirks. Don't even know what is, do you? I know more than I want to know. I smile and draw him to the game of war. My brothers fight with pillows against his sisters while our mothers off at prayer meeting for hours. Praise God, I've learned to call on other powers. Strip. A thin, brown-haired girl pouts high on stage. She cannot swing her slight body round the new pole. It runs floor to ceiling, piercing the strip club like a shaft of light, the way the voice of God appears in movies. Except this pole is plastic and God would gurgle because it's full of liquid like a lava lamp. The words would have to sploosh up through bubbles like burps, one at a time, like Jesus is love. Except the pole's sealed and there is no place for love to go and there's no place for love to go, so the bubbles just keep going up and down, and the girl can't get her hands around it. She says she misses the jungle gym type bar this bubble bar replaced. She anticipates missing the smell of its metals on her hands after work. Training me, she instructs, don't touch your thighs, don't touch your knees. Keep both feet on the floor at all times. Don't do anything I do. She smiles at the way everything is against some law. I go on stage and the speakers spit out the first lines of the song I picked. I love myself. I want you to love me. I dance for a man, he's 50 at least, his wife beside him, but you're beautiful, she says, like a mother comforting a taunted child, like someone else's mother. Mine said, there is nothing you can't talk your way out of. The bar's dark and dollars scratch my skin. When the next song starts, I take off my bra, my breasts covered by Florida law with flesh brown tape. I wrap my arms, both legs, around the wide, bright pole, spin slowly down to the floor. Who else will pay for what he can't see? Like God, I've always been invisible. I'm going to switch to poems from 
open interval. Um, I'll start with the poem Bob was actually reading from a poem called Bop the North Star and he made mention of after all of her trips back and forth on the Underground Railroad, Harriet Tubman settled in a little town called Auburn, New York and um, Auburn is about an hour north of where I live in Ithaca, New York and um, there's a maximum security men's prison smack in the middle of that town and I teach poetry workshops in that prison and so I'm always struck by the fact that I have to drive past Harriet Tubman's house to get to this prison. Bop, the North Star, Auburn, New York. Polaris sits still in the sky, and if I knew which one it was, I could follow it all the way to Auburn. Oh, Harriet, who did not need the poise of freedom knocked into your head like sense, who found it more than possible to sleep, pistol shoved deep into your pocket along this route, I cannot tell, a dipper from Orion. Yes. The springtime needed you. Many a star was waiting for your eyes only. The university twinkles on the hill above my house. The fat moon rises and a girl holds out her arms. She twirls in a blue Polly Flinders dress. Mama's precious cameo, a white woman's silhouette on black satin ribbon, choker tied around her neck. Poise begins here, in cinders, in rhyme, in splintering beauty into this and this. The image at my throat, the summer's pitching constellations, the ten o'clock scholar's midnight lesson. Yes, the springtime needed you. Many a star was waiting for your eyes only. At the prison at Auburn, I cross the yard. Inmates wet tongues against my body, cement sculpted, poised for hate, pitch compliments like coins. Weighed their silver slickening in the water, uncollected change. A guard asks, think they're beautiful? Just wait till they're out here stabbing each other. Oh, Harriet, the stars throw down shanks. Teach the sonnets a cell. Now try to escape. Yes, the springtime needed you. Many a star was waiting for your eyes only. I'm going to read a poem. Bob was talking about how I'm from. I'm from the swamp. Of Florida, and somebody once said about Black Swan that wherever you are in that book, even if you're in the middle of Manhattan, you're in the swamp, because the swamp is so pervasive in my in my in my childhood. And I'm going to read a poem called Lost, and I always love to tell this story because I think it's so funny. Um, my best friend and I, from we grew up together from junior high on. We had decided when we were in junior high that we were going to live together when we were adults, and we did. And we got this house. It's an old converted fishing shack in the middle of um, the swamp and off, on an offshoot of the St. John's River. And one night, 
after we had made dinner for my boyfriend at the time and his best friend, we decided to take our canoe and go up the river and see what was in the swamp. We did this after dinner, and so the sunset <laughs> while we were in the swamp, and so we got lost, and I think it's the, the closest to dying that I've ever come in my life. And I always like to tell the story because it makes me smile because my mother just thought it was ridiculous that we were living out in the swamp in this old converted fishing shack and she refused to come and see me. And then the one day that my mother relented um, and came to see me, it was the day after this had happened. And so we had been up all night and, and when we finally got out of the swamp, we had stripped all of our clothes and they were there in just the stinking heap in front of the house and so my mother drives up to the house and she sees this pile of clothes and we're all lashed up and she looks at us she doesn't even come into the house that was it and then she was done (laughs) the first and last visit this is lost the river unrolled bolt of silk gives evening the smell of fish, wet leaves, loosening matter. We glide through its blue plum tint toward night, the leftover tang of red wine in our mouths. Upstream, an idea waits for us. If we were lost, how much more would we love each other? We four move toward this losing with the steady creak and drip of our rowing. We cannot in lowering darkness tell direction, whether the frog's croak came from behind or before us. Our bellies full, the swamp beckons us behind its green drapery. Whatever hides in the tangle, the surprise of cypress knees, the fierce, sharp-edged palms welting our forearms as we walk blind through mottled nights, sulfur rot and sucking mud. What flies into our mouths, impossible to see, mosquitoes lighting in our ears, their constant whine, high-pitched and crazy-making. The silent patience of gators and our weary estimation of their hunger. We will keep, we are certain, as we lose ourselves for hours, when we find ourselves again bankside and two must choose to swim because we're not where we began. The river moves despite our stillness, our breath breathing itself into the wet heat. Whether they disappear for good, the two who splash away, their heavy kicking swallowed by this evening. I am of the two who wait, waist high in water, eyes stretched wide to see, nothing but night washing itself, black over black in muggy layers, inches from my face. Not my hands, skin of water, curve of meniscus, my breasts where I displace it, my, my undissolved legs immersed, merged with water, losing above, in, out of, but for these hands sliding over me, 
another's hands to keep me from becoming current tongue, lisp of leaf tips touching water, but for we too touching, agreeing, this is my body, agreeing, I still belong in it. I'm going to read a couple of poems based on the Body Worlds exhibit. Has anybody seen those exhibits? Yeah, are they not just the creepiest thing you've ever seen in your life? Um, for those who don't know, the Body Worlds exhibit, are, it's these, um, these people dead people, they call them plastinets because they've been shot through with plastic dead people with their skin off, posed in different ways so you get to like kind of see the body and, and how it works and there's been some controversy over who those folks are and how they get those bodies mm, yes, so um, so I thought that I would um, read a couple of those poems because I have this this uh, need to look at things that really creep me out. Um, speaking of what we will look at and what we turn away from. If I can find those poems, where are they in this book? Readings make me so nervous still. You think that after all of this time it would be better? I th- well, thank you. I did my first reading, I think, when I was at Penn State with with Cecil. I drank a lot of bourbon before that reading. Do you remember this? What was the reading on, on your front porch? On my front porch in Hauserville, and I was scared to read, and, and I just thought, well, bourbon will help that. And so I drank. It did, it? <laughs> a lot of it. So I'm going to read Body Worlds 2 in case. And then I'm going to read Body Worlds 2, X Lady. Body Worlds 2, in case. I am preparing myself, preparing to lose, race, I don't know what. I will do without it. This is the most unromantic way. I know how to get into the between, how to exceed. Divorce, erasure, corpses, diligently labeled plastinate. Someone's skin in laws, an exhibition sold out in advance. I haven't even seen it, and I'm freaked. I keep reeling Kennedy's skull flap, too pink, shot back, the reflexed hand to the throat. I'm sitting in my element at the edge of Cayuga Lake. It's spring. Why peel it back away? Look here at my beautiful foot. My windshield's clean. I rest my leg against the heating vents. My long brown foot foregrounded on the dash before the sky's excellent blue clear April. My silver painted pedicure. Why move beyond these slender, bark brown, silver-tipped toes? What's under my skin is ugly meat 
sinew? Who is asking and why ruin the view? Out the window, willows, branches, yellow going green, pushed left of their shadow-blacked trunks by wind. Loose and graceful like the arms of ballerinas. Then the breeze stiffens, the skinny strands straighten, extend, like stick-slim legs. Arabesque, on point, look. No one wants the dead in toe shoes. But that's keeping it real, keeping even the empty body on display. The real threat of the exhibition of seeing the one who's been posed holding his own split skin open like a flasher by its flayed edges. And then Body Worlds 2, X-Lady. Her name moves away from her as if without the body it could see the monster it is. Over there, hung up like desire, like art on the wall, a black barred peep show called Consent. A form has been filled out, but in whose hand? If the glove does not fit, you must forget that. Your own middle name's Nicole. I remember how hard it was to pull myself back in by degrees, quickly, like yanking up office blinds, like the sound that makes, accordioned, a ripple, like a countdown to blast off, like, but this is the violent opposite of that. Gender is monstrous. Her appellation, lady, but who wants to sing this song again? In from where, from where I was, almost asleep, Floating outside my body, but not even a German pseudo-scientist can find the space to which I returned. I turned a corner, and this is what I saw. So, I think I'm going to just read a couple more. Do I have time for two, two more? Um, maybe I will read a couple of the R.R. Lyrae sonnets in this book. Um, R.R. Lyrae. R.R. Lyrae stars. There are a lot of poems in this book um, based around my name. And R.R. Lyrae stars are um, pulsating variable stars. They brighten and dim as they expand and contract. And because they they share a, a, a... absolute luminosity. Scientists can use them for calculating distances. And so I kind of use them um, running throughout this book to calculate a bunch of distances. Um, So I'll do matter on page 43, if I can find it. I was uh, getting divorced as I was writing this, so... R.R. Lyrae, Matter. 
He still exists as flesh. It's the idea that's dissipated. Husband, what was he? But a word I loved, there is no panacea for missing syllables. His body, we all know what matter's mostly made of. Space obtains. One day I realized I believe the space in everything is God, that force of present absence, pen, expanse. I grieve old-fashioned distance, squinting it into view between body and name. In here, I'm loose as love is, nebulous. What good, this pointillism, our eyes won't do. Sometimes the absences in us seem so profuse. I wonder we don't pass through wood. And then I'll close with this last R.R. Lyre will. R.R. Lyre will. When I am dead, I may not remember the mess of purple irises in the neighbor's garden or the way I leaned against their fence to look at him. Lost to rot the body and the soul, this is not the time nor the place. I will die when it's no longer possible for this body to show itself best. It makes me sad the things I wanted, love's gorgeous force, a tight, flat, a tight fat cloud of blue hydrangea. Someone coaxed the soil to color, the universe, cancer of the hallelujah, my name in his mouth, an arrogance of vapor, a star diminished, sucked down into paper. Thank you. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.